We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Coming up, the latest on the Kansas City Royals from our team here at KCSN. All of our Royals content is brought to you by KC Strength and Conditioning, experts in baseball and softball training for kids ages 8 to 18. If you're in need, you're in luck. John and his crew have sent hundreds of players to college and the pros. That's KC Strength and Conditioning. And now, it's time for the latest updates on your Kansas City Royals. What is up, everybody? Welcome into a new episode of One Royal Way on KC Sports Network. I'm not Joel Penfield. Usually it would be him. I'm bringing this in. Joel's not going to be doing the pod with us this time around. Um, we do have Josh Kaiser in here with us. You can follow him on Twitter. Josh, I should know this. Don't tell me. It's at Josh Kaiser 40 correct? Nailed it. Yep. Okay, got it. Nailed it. So um, be sure to do that. Um, speaking of Twitter, I'll probably bring something up closer to the end of the podcast for those that, that stick around. It's kind of neat that you'll probably find out anyway when this thing comes out. Um, but Josh, we're, we're sounding pretty upbeat so far for a team that has lost five in a row as of it just became official as we started recording on Tuesday night. Um, mm-hmm. The Royals got swept by the Ta- or not the Tampa Bay Braves, the Atlanta Braves. Um, and then off to a rough start in their Texas series. So do you have any overarching thoughts you want to go game by game on this Brave series? We don't have to go too far into it, but um, it's another bad spell for the Kansas City baseball team. Yeah, I think the overarching thing for me was it seemed like, so when they got to that San Francisco Giants series, they took two out of three and really arguably should have been three out of three in that, but it seemed like it was going to be one of those calendar circular games, especially in that comeback win where that's the game where stuff really started to turn around and start going positively for the Royals. Then they go to Texas and they lo- they lose two out of three, but the final game, they absolutely put a stop it on 10 to one um, in that game before they come back to the homestand. So you could kind of see like some momentum still going. And then that Braves series was just an absolute kick in the teeth. Like, it's, it was an absolute momentum killer. They got blown out the first two games. They put up a fight in that third game, only to lose a heartbreaker because Scotty Barlow uh, blows another one. Um, it's just, it's hard to be positive about this, man. That We are, we try to hang our hats a little bit on trying to stay positive in this situation, but it's just tough to find those. You can only tell yourself, like, 
oh, they're hitting the ball really hard. The starting pitching is looking pretty good. There's looking strides, the bullpen, blah, blah, blah. And there's still very much to be positive about uh, about this team. The defense looks okay in some particular situations and looks really bad in others. Uh, and they just kind of seem to peek their head out at very inopportune moments, uh, Olivares, Hunter Dozier, um, that just seem to absolutely hamper and kill and handicap this team so much that they end up losing and can't come back from it. So I, it's just any momentum that they had going seemed to absolutely get demolished in that Brave series. And it definitely seems, I mean, it doesn't help that they immediately followed up with Jake DeGrom, um, pretty no hitting them through with a four or five. I can't I think it was only four that he made this through last night, but then he of all that you get to him, but then you just absolutely yeah. implode, bullpen implodes. I just don't, it's, it's one thing and then it's another and then it's another and it's frustrating for fans. And I guarantee you it's frustrating for that clubhouse too. Yeah. And they're four and 13. And I, I think it's a football phrase that it was initially coined. Um, you are what your record says you are. Mm. And okay, this is a very, I'm not, I keep telling myself, I'm not going to say that phrase that, that I've said tons of times, but we're growing out of that soon mm-hmm. here in the baseball yep. season, like 17 games, nothing too crazy, but like 20 out of 160, that's an eighth of your games. Is it not? I've, I haven't taken a math class in a few years, two times eight, 16. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, yep. it's an eighth of your Girl, season. Part. So. Yeah, that's a big deal. And the people that want to break down, well, if you split this, then you go that. It's really a 30-game season. You really have to make a difference in those 30 to 40 games. Like, the Royals have had now almost 20 games where they're playing objectively bad baseball. Mm-hmm. And it's not just bad baseball. It's terrible baseball. And, yeah, they've been hitting the ball hard. Yeah, there are positives to um, take away with the process. But at a certain point, if some of your processes are lining up, and the results aren't happening. It's okay to say for a while, but you are who you are at one point. And I'm not even close to being there quite yet. I'm not going to say the Royals are going to be this 4-13 and 13 type team for the whole year. I wholeheartedly believe that the folks that bet the over on, I think, 66.5 wins this coming season, or I guess this season, maybe it was 67.5. I yeah. think they can still hit that. I think they can still avoid dropping 100. They can push for 70 Maybe 75, they do catch fire and things kind of bounce back. Um, but they're digging themselves a hole. And the folks that projected a wild card spot, and there were people out there, trust me, on Twitter, on the Bird app, on the interweb, saying that was going to happen, that ain't going to happen. Like, I, sure, they can catch fire, sure, they can turn it around, but like, this team isn't going to do that. They're making mm-hmm. it obvious they're a bad baseball team right now. People expected that. They expect them to be a fun, bad baseball team. Right now, they're not a fun, bad baseball team because Brady Singer isn't pitching particularly well. He had a, a rough outing despite eight strikeouts on <laughs> Friday. Yep. Um, Chris Bubich, we're going to talk about him in a little bit. He didn't have a good outing on Saturday. Uh, error. That got worse. Or Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it got worse. Scott Barlow looks bad, like bad, bad, bad runners at scoring position. Um, I'm going to stall here and ask you to pull up that tweet. While oh, I got it ready. Okay. You do. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I think you mentioned the spirit breaker series. I'm with you on that. They're a young team. So on one hand, I think like, yeah, they're uh, amped up to keep mm. playing, like and keep digging themselves out of this hole, but also 
maybe a little more fragile, like not saying soft, but fragile than a veteran player. Like Hunter Dozier's been there, done that with losing teams, bad teams, and everything in between. Michael Massey hasn't necessarily. Bobby Wood Jr., despite being over a year now in, Vinny Pasquantino, MJ Melendez, these guys want to win badly. Um, and things like being bad with runners in scoring position, things like the rotation not looking great now, things like um, players underperforming, that's not going to cut it. Yeah. And I the, the one thing I want to avoid, and seems like it happens almost every year, especially in these losing seasons, is one thing is just really, really bad. And then the other two aspects, three aspects of baseball is okay or even good. Um, it seems like this this first the start of the season, offenses have been really bad. The defense has been fine. The bullpen has been okay. And the starters have been overachieving, but really good. And I just don't want it to be like once the offense kind of starts coming up, that's about the time the bullpen absolutely loses eight games out of ten for whatever reason. And then once the offensive bullpen starts clicking, then the starting pitching starts to get injured or regress. Uh, so I just want to make, I mean, that's you know, that's how it always seems to happen these last few years. So that's what I, as a Royals fan, would like to avoid um, as someone who covers the Royals. <laughs> uh, I also want to avoid that uh, as well. But you're talking about runners in scoring position, and I did a little research uh, this, I think it was on Monday, because there was just so much outrage after yeah. that Braves series on, on Sunday that, uh, and, and rightfully so, uh, I've got that pulled up too. They got outscored, I think, by 14 runs in that Brave series. They went four of 28 with runners in the scoring position, and the Braves went seven of 23. So the Royals even had more opportunities to score with runners in the scoring position and somehow did not lose. And not only that, their run differential was minus 14 against that in three games. Um, so that caused me to do a little digging. And at the time, this would have been Monday morning, the Royals offense has an OPS of 535 with runners in scoring position, and that is dead last of 660 teams since 2002. Granted, we're still early in the season, but these OPS is a like a, an average stat. It's a, yeah. it's a rate stat. It's not a counting stat. So it's not like you can say that it's going to get better. It's a pace stat. It's it, this is, is what it is. You could say they're not in rhythm, and I could totally jump on board with that and 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 grant that to you. But that is bad. Five thirty five is bad. Uh, their one eighty eight average with runners in scoring position is six hundred sixtieth, also dead last. A twenty nine point seven percent K rate at that point, second to last, and then the seven point one percent walk rate is fourth from last in that uh, in that 660 team. There's been so many bad offenses in the last 20, what is that, 21 years, and the Royals are somehow the worst of them. I don't think that this team is that bad, not even close. I think there's going to be some big old glow-up opportunities for this lineup, and I think it's coming. We just have to avoid, like I said, those other facets to be starting to fall off and then you can't really make up any ground on that. And speaking of making up ground, we talked about a wild card spot not looking great. But Royals are four and fourteen after the game tonight. The Twins are leading the division at ten and seven. That is still very much in play. This division stinks, and as long as they can dig themselves out of this hole, they're not out of it by any means. So I think it's a very very tough schedule that they've started out on. The division stinks. We're still very much in it, but they 
have to get it together. Have to. Yeah, and part of it, I think, is youth. Bobby Wood Jr. And and it's weird saying the moment looks too big for him, and I don't think that's technically the right way to put it, but, like, he's pressing in those situations. And Jay Melendez has got bad results. He's pressing. Like, Sumner Perez, he's a big moment player. He also is a free swinger who's going to have poor swing decisions and and not take many pitches, and he's going to have some bad results sometimes. Like, this is a team... Then you factor in the Edward Olivares of the world, the Hunter Dozers of the world, the Michael Masseys of the world, with all the pressure in the world. We've talked about Michael Massey last week. It's still happening. He's still under a ton of pressure to perform. He's still not doing well. Um, this is a team that has youth. It has an approach that some guys don't fully lean into. Like, Southern Press, you're not going to uh, teach an old dog new tricks. In that it, yeah. It's just you're not overhauling the hitting staff like you are at the pitching staff saying, Salvi, you know, you need to take this and you need to walk 10% of the time or whatever it's going to be. Still, all that said, um, there's no, I don't want to say there's no logical reason, but like there's no logical reason to be that bad with runners in scoring position. It'll improve and they're not that bad like you said, but the numbers indicate um, that it, it's that terrible. Do you have any more on kind of their just overall struggles so far? Um, not necessarily struggles. I will say that Aroldis Chapman looked really, really good uh, in that Brave series and has looked good all series as long as he's still, like if he's throwing 20 plus pitches, then things can start getting a little hairy. But if he can, if he can get through the side under 20 pitches, nails. That's awesome. Uh, that's a tradable asset. Uh, over the weekend, we did get Josh Stalmont's return uh, to Kansas City. He pitched a, a scoreless inning there in our Friday night, I believe. Uh, the His velos and spin were all pretty consistent with last season. Yep. Uh, and we still haven't seen the split finger that JJ was talking about with us uh, that time, even in the minor league appearances. So um, if that's still a possibility, we still haven't seen it. Uh, and I'm still anxious to see it, but it is good to see that his velos and his spin rates and everything was still kind of consistent with where he was last year. Obviously, you'd rather see that a little bit ticked up a little bit more, uh, but it's also good to, you know, be able to see him back in the Royals uh, bullpen and, and come back to it. So if Barlow's not going to, you know, live up to his hype, Dylan Coleman's not going to be, you know, back for another couple weeks or anything, Um Hopefully they can rely on Chapman and Stomont to kind of anchor that back of the bullpen whenever they get the opportunity to be in game. So we'll see. But that's essentially, yeah, essentially all it is uh, for this Brave series and for this Rangers series. Uh, hopefully they can uh, avoid a sweep here against Texas, but uh, we, we shall see. Speaking of uh, question marks with the pitching staff, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about Chris Bubich. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, we are back. You guys are listening to One Royal Way here on KC Sports Network. Jordan Foote bringing you back in. Josh Kaiser here with me doing an absolutely fantastic job. Let's talk Chris Bubich. He mm. started off first couple starts of the year, looked really, really, really impressive. The velo was up. He was looking just absolutely, he looked like a new pitcher. And mm-hmm. he was able to do some stuff. We talked about it either last week or the week before. I think it was last week, actually, um, along with Chapman. The uh, pitching coaching staff, they allowed him to believe in himself. They believed in him. They allowed him to be the pitcher he wanted to be. And he's been, I think Lesky has talked about it. David Lesky does great work as well um, at Inside the Crown. He's a tinker. He, he, Bubich is a guy that like always wants to mess with stuff, and he's just analytically inclined. He's always looking for an inside edge because he never has the raw stuff to overpower guys. He doesn't have a Daniel Lynch arsenal or even a Brady Singer arsenal or anything like that. So um, with that said, Chris Bubich didn't have a very good start the other night. There were some concerns about did he get hurt. Turns out he did. Um, he was placed on the 15-day IL with a left flexor strain injury, which personally, and I think anyone can agree with this, whether you're a fan, media, member of the org, a member of another org, um, fan of another team, don't care about baseball, but know a little bit about injuries. That's never, those two words are never good for a pitcher, really any athlete. Um, again, 15 day IL, not sure what's going to become of that. Hopefully for the Royals sake and for his sake, he can get back, kind of, you know, get back in the swing of things. But Josh, the options on the 40 man, if the Royals needed to make a move or if that kind of progresses slowly um, they're not looking great right now no they are not uh current 40 man options uh jonathan heasley max castillo jackson Kowar, alec marsh and Johnny bolin 
Marsh is the most promising as far as how their uh, starts this year have gone. He's only carrying a 3-0 ERA in two games in Northwest Arkansas, which is the caveat there. Uh, not many jumps from AA to uh, the major leagues, especially not guys on the 40. Oh, I guess he is on the 40-man, so it wouldn't require a move. But um, but you don't see that hop that very often. Uh, Bolin's the same way. He's carrying a 9.95 ERA through two games in uh, Northwest Arkansas. So I don't see those two as possibilities. So that brings us to Heasley, who is absolutely getting shelled in Omaha with an 11.68 ERA in Omaha uh, through three games. Kowar pitched tonight, uh, so going into the game, he was a 9.39 ERA in Omaha. Um, only one start. He's been coming out of the bullpen for uh, a couple of those appearances as well. And then, uh, yeah, Castillo is a 7.27 Omaha ERA. So not great options uh, for existing 40-man roster spots, but they could. So the, the latest we heard about Bubich is Andy Rogers said on Twitter that the update is that he's going to get a second opinion on Thursday. The Royals have a, not announced a starter for Friday. So if they were to give a second opinion, he needed to like, be shut down. Tommy John surgery, if necessary, they can put him on the 60-day IL and immediately fill that 40-man roster spot. Um, could turn to Drew Parrish uh, in Omaha. He's rocking a 270 ERA through two games. Uh, had a pretty solid year. Uh, last couple seasons, uh, bouncing between AA and AAA. He did spend uh, the time in Omaha last year that did not go real well. Um, had some appearances in spring training that I don't believe went well either, but he's an option. I, I'd be fine a lefty with pitchability, uh, very similar to Austin Cox, the other possibility there in Omaha. He had a 3.86 ERA in two games, started for Omaha. Uh, both those guys, lefties, could fill that Bubich spot as far as like balance in that rotation a little bit. Um, they'd be options if they had to put Bubich on the 60-day IL, which we should know more on Thursday. Yeah, and if you're hearing that list or if you wrote it down while while Josh was talking and you're <laughs> reading it back, you're like, man, what the hell is that? Um, there is one option that I think is still a couple weeks away, and we've talked with J.J. Piccolo about this. Daniel Lynch is eligible to return off the IL soon. And he's going to be, he's been working, uh, ramping up his arm. Like the Royals have made it clear. And I think that this is probably a good thing, even though the clock is ticking on some of these young guys, Drew Waters, namely one of them was on the hitting side. Uh, the team's being cautious. They're, they're not going to rest yeah. back out there who isn't ready. And I think that's going to apply to Chris Bubich too. Um, so if the flex are strained, like if, People saw 15-day IL, oh, I'll be back in 15 days. I'm like, that. Eh. I, I wouldn't necessarily, and even uh, back, quote-unquote, not really back. He's not going to be hurling 100 pitches to first start back. He's mm -hmm. throwing maybe 50 or 70 or whatever it's going to be after a rehab assignment, probably one game, coming back up, throwing some simulated bullpens, throwing a simulated game, something like that. Um, so Lynch is going to take some time to build back up. Piccolo said... May 1st, probably the realistic, hey, he's ready to come out and throw like a 75-pitch big league game or just get big league experience at this point mm -hmm. in the season. Um, so the Chris Bubich injury, not ideal for the Broyles rotation that hasn't looked great suddenly after coming out of the gate and looking, you know, respectable. And again, this is like three starts per guy that we're dealing with right now. Um, we're, we're rounding over that now, I guess, with 
17 games being played, 18, yeah. whatever we're at. It's all a blur after the first couple games. Yes, it is. <laughs> so um, it, it's tough for Chris Bubich because you never want to see a guy get hurt, especially one that um, had just began to get going, really, it seemed. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of Daniel Lynch, you mentioned Paris, you mentioned Austin Cox. Is there anybody? I, I was trying to rack my brain. I can't really think of another option. I've got one particular option, and it's interesting because I was talking to my brother about this in the Bubich start. So he got rocked, and they immediately brought Ryan Yarbrough in. Oh, duh. Okay. So that yeah. that could be a potential uh, possibility that he could go two or three innings, and then they could turn it over to Carlos Hernandez, who could also go another two to three innings. Our gripe with when I was talking to him was they could absolutely have gone Bubich, and if they got he got in trouble, needed a couple of innings. It, Carlos Hernandez is a great guy to kind of go the opposite end of the spectrum yeah. when it comes to stuff, what they have to offer, uh, delivery angles, uh, just in general, the complete opposite kind of pitcher. And then you can then go back over to the Ryan Yarbrough, which kind of this kind of a little bit different even so from from those two. But you go right, left, right, you let those guys kind of cash out their uh, pinch hitting situations and make them really scramble potentially and try to play the matchups more. So that is a potential, uh, at least for a few starts, I think. But neither one of those guys, especially Carlos Hernandez, either one of them, both of them have been pretty roughed up these last few appearances. So it's also not a great option, but it's also something that doesn't really require a lot of transactions to come. Um, and I was just trying to find out, I mean, there might be some, I mean, Colin Snyder could get called up at that point. Yeah. But you still gotta you still gotta have some reinforcements coming up, and it just doesn't look like that until that's really an option. Until uh, maybe Jackson Coar, Max Castillo kind of starts stepping up a little bit more, um, or Daniel Lynch kind of returns. Those are those are prop, or they. I mean, maybe there's some kind of waiver claim that we haven't foreseen yet. Who knows? But um, yeah, that's that's really all I've got. It's <laughs> covered pretty bare after that. Yeah, and before we transition over, we're gonna we're gonna spotlight a couple of players on the big league team right now. Um, I could see a world where Max Castillo is like a Jonathan Heasley type, where like not not as a pitcher, but like the situation where the yeah. team's like, eh, you know, we can get him out there. We don't know how productive he's gonna be, but like he can throw innings and he can occupy mm-hmm. a spot. And yep. there's a little bit of a mystery with him I think still the difference though Heasley was like pretty clearly going to be a starter when he came up Castillo like kind of blurred the line between bullpen reliever long reliever did he have the stuff that could play up in a higher leverage role or was he going to start he has the frame and the stuff I think to potentially Mm -hmm. start but it's like a Carlos Hernandez thing he has the frame for it he kind of had the stuff for it the fastball was one of the more underwhelming triple digit you know, fastballs that that existed (laughs) ever, but um, that's something the Royals have been working on. So of the list, you had Heasley, you had Coar, Castillo, Marsh, Bolin, Cox, Parrish. Um, I think not based on does he deserve it, but um, does the team potentially just want to see more of him without having the trauma of a Coar or the trauma and bad track record this year of a Heasley? I could see Castillo getting a chance. That's if Daniel Lynch doesn't progress particularly quickly. Um, and, you know, God forbid Daniel, or not Daniel Lynch, Chris Bubich is not uh, getting great news when he gets that update. Yeah. I like it. I agree. In better news, 
in better uh better spirits, Bobby Witt yeah. Jr. is playing better baseball. And he started off the year he started off last year really, really poorly. And obviously mm-hmm. rookie year. Um but his month of April, buddy, was was not fun. I was like, man, this dude, he's obviously ready, but the team is not getting off to a great start with him. Then this year he came in, everyone expected this otherworldly leap. Like the expectations with him, that's probably another combo for another pod. Mm-hmm. A little bit too high, I think. Like yeah. the top, he's going to be an absolute superstar player. He can be a star level player in the face of the franchise for KC and also not be a top 10 player. And I say that because they've had a star level player who's the face of the franchise and was probably never a top 10 player at any point. So, um, needless to say, long, long road to a short point, Josh, Bobby, Wood junior, he's heating up the team, not really heating up, but, um, uh, he's getting better results and the process has also been pretty good. Yeah. I I want to say that he's the kind of guy right now that as he goes, so does the offense. Uh, I would love to have him be that guy, but it's just too much for one guy to carry a lineup, especially when, God forbid, half the lineup get on base and do something at the plate. So if you only have four to five productive spots in a lineup, it's pretty much impossible for for them to carry a whole lineup. But he is heating up, like you said. Um, He is actually, he was six for 14 in that Atlanta series, two doubles, three runs. Um, On the, on the season, he's really so he kind of got off a slow start again. I think the WBC kind of kind of uh, kind of set him back a little bit, but he is absolutely on fire, and he is now on pace to have 19 home runs and 48 stolen bases. And I think if you can squint a little bit more, you can see a 2050 in that shift. Uh, if he keeps this pace, which is going to be very hard, he's played in every game uh, this season. It's going to be tough to maintain that pace, but if he can, you can squint and see 2050 in that season. And maybe that long shot, that dark horse MVP candidacy that I talked about at the beginning of the year is not so long, uh, not so far off at that point. But he's also not striking out as much. Uh, I think yeah. that's huge. Also walking a little bit more. It's not a lot, not a lot by any means, <laughs> but it is improvement on what he was doing last year. And I think that I think there was probably less expectations of him this year somehow than there were coming in to the season last year. I think everybody was ready for him to be the savior of this offense and this team, um, and that just didn't happen. Like you said, got off to a really, really rough start, but kind of bounced back a little bit, and then it was a very roller coaster season for him. Um, but he kind of came in with less expectations. He knew he was going to be a shortstop. He didn't have to bounce around between third base and shortstop at the last second like he did last year, so I think that's possibly a helper as well. Um, so I kind of see... I see the improvement. I see the trajectory, and it kind of reminds me of like a 2018 Trey Turner at that point. I know Trey Turner has been a comp, like a comp to him a couple times in the past. Um, I've seen everywhere from Alex Rodriguez to uh, <laughs> Swanson at that point, so it's quite a wide range. But I don't think Trey Turner is, is that far off, especially if he's this legit at shortstop. His fielding has definitely improved. He's made some great plays. Um, some game-saving plays in a couple situations uh, from the shortstop position, making plays that I would say 98% of shortstops in this big leagues were not making at that point. Um, and I think his upside is absolutely Trey Turner. If his career arc kind of sticks with that, uh, he's absolutely a superstar in just two or three more seasons. 
Um, and then we'll see where this team is at that point. But Bobby Wood Jr. absolutely heating up. Um, start hammering those MVP odds for when the Royals do make the playoffs in this crappy AL Central. And then he just starts uh, starts letting the world on fire here starting June. We'll see. But that's that's kind of where I'm at on Bobby Wood Jr. at the moment. Yeah, and two quick things before we move on to Jordan Lyles. I, I spoiled the, the pitcher we're going to talk about. Um, the defense... Last year, he was just booting easy plays. Like, he was making the tough ones that, like, the web gem type highlight reel plays. He was also just booting easy plays. And you're like, okay, slow down a little bit. Let's see him improve. And Alex, the Royals Farm um, report, tweeted the Royals' defensive rankings on Fangraph's defensive adjustment rating among 247 qualified players. He's 47th. That will play. He's improved a ton so far. The numbers agree with it. <clears throat> the eye test agrees with it. Um, he just looks more comfortable and he looks more fluid. I think having a defined position where they're not constantly moving him between shortstop and third base, I think health. He was playing through a little bit of, of bumps and bruises down the stretch and had a somewhat legitimate injury that you know he had to come back from during the season. Um, so he is healthy. He is playing inspired baseball. Um, he is hitting well. He's defending well. This is more in line with the Bobby Wood Jr. the team thought they were going to have, and it's a year two. It's a month into year two. It's not even a full month into year two. So, right, yeah. Um, he has been great. The guy that has been well-made, I, I don't even know. Yeah, adequate, I guess. Like, <laughs> I, fine. Uh, Jordan Lyles, Josh, tell us about what Jordan Lyles has been doing so far. Four starts, a three nine one ERA, had a really good start against the Rangers yesterday where he gave up, I think it was one earned run over eight, yeah, yeah. I think is what it ended up being after a couple uh It's a weird box score. Very yeah. weird. Uh, so a three nine one ERA, the X-dip is a 5-3-0, so it does indicate that he probably is overachieving a little bit, uh, but his K-to-walk ratio is 2.52, which is pretty on par for what he's been. He's not striking out guys. He was never going to. He's not walking guys. He's never going to. Doing exactly what the Royals paid him, if not a little bit more. Um, he's kept them in for three out of his four stars, kept him in the game, only gave up four runs at any given moment. Um, and really, if you kind of see where the five starting pitchers, what that rotation has been in the last few weeks and how it started, talent-wise, he is your number five. Um, and if you're getting a 3.91 ERA, you're staying in games 75% of the time when they're at the uh, at the mound pitching. That's way better than you would want from a number five starter. So I think that's absolutely on par with what you'd want out of Jordan Lyles when you signed him. Um, and at this point, you got to be happy with it. Maybe you're still thinking he's a bit overpaid. It is what it is. The starting pitcher market is Kansas City Royals, so yeah, always going to be a little bit more expensive than you probably want to, but. He's doing what they paid him to do, and that's all we can really ask for, I think. Yeah, and he's mostly keeping the ball in the park. Like, he's allowing a little bit of a more elevated home runs per nine. But, like, again, he hasn't pitched, you know, you can only multiply by nine so many times in this young season. <laughs> that, that number is going to change. Um, he's not striking out a ton of guys he never was going to. He's mm -hmm. not walking a ton, which is good. He never was going to. Um, the fastball velo has been consistent. The ERA is under four. Now, the expected ERA is five seven three, and I think the FIP is like four seven eight in here. Yep. Um, I have his Fangraphs page loading. The expected FIP is five three. So you're like, okay, maybe the BABIP of two fifty six 
his career uh, average is 305. So you're like, okay, some regression may be coming. Um, mm-hmm. Also, though, his left on base percentage is lower than it has been in the past two or three seasons by quite a significant margin. Um, his ground ball rate is oddly low. Yeah, I saw that It's like, what? 44. It's like, yeah. honestly, not half, but it's rough. And yeah. not rough as in it's a, a completely alarming thing, but rough compared to you're looking at his page and you're like, man, okay, this is consistent, this is consistent. Holy hell, 27.2 yeah. compared to 44.8. But like you said, he's doing what the Royals brought him in to do. He's been a fine pitcher. Um, he has been one of their more reliable guys this season, this young season, which is not that odd to say. You can be yeah. reliable and still not be that good. If you show up and you're fine, that's pretty reliable. So um, not to Kauffman Stadium. Yeah, yeah, not to be a wet blanket on anyone who thinks Jordan Miles is a savior, and not to uh, poop on anyone who thinks that he's bad. <laughs> he's just been what the Royals expected him to do, but that's still worth talking about. Yeah, and his uh, I was looking up his pitcher plus stuff, just under a hundred. So I, I mean. That is the definition of average. His average is yeah. 100 in that scale, um, and he's at 99. Uh, that combines his stuff plus his location and kind of rounds out a pitcher's effectiveness. Um, and he's right at 99 out of 100. So it is what it is. I mean, it's working out. You mentioned the the. It was weird that he was he, you he's considered overachieving, right? But yeah. his ground ball percentage does not match his less stranded on base percentage, and it's just I don't know what to make of that. We got to see some more starts, but at this point, you can't be mad at what what he's done so far. So I'm I'm in on it. Yeah, can't be mad at another break. I take that back. You probably can be mad at another break, but we're gonna do it anyway. We'll come back and we'll talk about something else that people are a little bit mad about right now. A sports network for today's fan. KC Sports Network podcast, YouTube, social media, live shows. KCSN. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back, everybody. You are tuned in to One Royal Way here on KC Sports Network. Jordan Foote, Josh Kaiser here, Joe Penfield. Um, supporting us from the bleachers for this one, which is A-OK because we need that. Um, Josh, this is something that we kind of debated a little bit, whether we were going to talk about before we came on. We're like, OK, there's only so much to talk about, but still something that's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. The Royals and 
fans not wanting to play at a stadium that has a bad team. And everyone's been talking for the past couple of years about, oh, the Royals are going to have a new stadium. Okay, well, how about a winning ball club first? Then it's a chicken or the egg thing. Do you get the good ball club and move it downtown? Or do you move downtown then hope that people support the ball club while you're still building it up? Um, I, I think there's some nuance involved in that, but um, you've talked about and me and Joel have talked about and we've all talked about there's a certain timeline that has to follow, right? Mm-hmm. I think they said that the earliest that they could go to ballot was this August of 2023, and then the earliest they would then be able to be ready to host opening day was like 2027, I think, was the opening day of 2027. Um, so this is starting, I mean, this is down the road even still, even though we're talking about final location spots and seeing uh, architectural renderings and everything. Uh, still very much a work in progress, and it does probably require that vote. And we kept seeing, especially Sunday night after that kick in the nuts loss to the Braves, um, that fans are very vocal about not supporting a new stadium if they are not putting out a winning product. And I was just, I was curious. I saw plenty of people talking about uh, what this team needs to be in order to to support that. So if you are on the fence currently about the new stadium and voting yes in support of it or no to reject it, I am curious to talk to you. And I need your responses either in the comments section of this YouTube video, maybe a five-star review if you're so desiring. <laughs> give me give me your response. What is the minimum amount of success that this 2023 team should have in order for a person on the fence like yourself to become a yes vote. I think this is something that I am not only interested in. I think plenty of people in our position are very interested in this situation and the organization should be very interested in testing the waters and seeing where the fan base is at in this situation, what they need to be shooting for in the short term in order to achieve the long term. So I think that is something that we can start sending responses and seeing where we're at testing that water. So give us your response. What does this team need to be in 2023 for the fence riders to become in support of a new stadium downtown? Uh, very curious about that. That's really it. I saw it just kept popping up. Are they 500? Do we need to be in contention of playing meaningful baseball in September? Do they need to make the playoffs in 2023? Where are we at? I, I need to know this. So find, find, find us somehow. Give me an answer. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm with you on all that, by the way. Um, I, the, yep. I, I sometimes forget to say that I'm with you on everything, um, which, you know, I know a brief tangent, like a 30 second tangent. Mm-hmm. We don't disagree enough on this podcast and not. we don't force it, which is good because you can't just disagree and you can, but it's not good programming to just, Oh, I, I don't agree with you, even though you do. Um, but we're going to have some flair here one day. Mm-hmm. Our first big, big, and I think I went through this. Yeah. When I was on the rough and the kicker podcast and I had, a uh, Connor Christofferson on very routinely or like me and Tucker did it every time we disagreed, we're like, Hey, hold on. Like, are we not agreeing on something? Cause it was a big ass deal. But anyway, um, circular. yeah, that day is not effing today, people, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think as someone who lives on the Kansas side and I just don't care. 
and I know that's bad for me to say, but like, I'm not really paying for it. I'm not living by it. The traffic's going to suck no matter what. The traffic yep. sucks right now. People who want to, for lack of a better term, I'm not going to say it. They want to whine about, um, you know what word I was going to use, by the way. No, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the people who want to, you know what, about the stadium and, oh, taxpayer money, and it's not going to be funded by this, and it's funded by that, and they're going on this press tour, blah, blah, blah. They're just doing their job. And, and mm. they're moving forward th- with this plan, whether people want to or not. Now you know it has to go to a vote. They're asking to get support. People have to put butts in seats, all that good stuff. There will be enough when it first happens, assuming it does, that people will show up and it's going to be fine. The problem, though, is what if they do this and either the window is too short and the team sucks by then or the team hasn't shown enough before it gets approved to where people don't believe in it. Say, I I don't trust the direction of the team. I don't trust the direction of where the spending is going to be. Um, I think people at this point would much rather the Kansas City Royals spend on the roster than worry about a new stadium or even renovating the current one that obviously isn't point right now. Um, I think fans are justified if they're on the fence. Sure. They're justified if they're against it for certain reasons, I guess. They're justified if they're all for it. And I personally am in the camp of I don't really care. Um, baseball's baseball. Downtown stadium sounds cool. Logistics, yeah, sure, got to figure some crap out. Mm-mm. But um, I get it. People don't want to pay for a seat at a stadium that has a bad team. And that's the case at Kauffman Stadium right now. You're seeing the attendance has been poor. Um, after it started off on opening day and looked great, and everyone said, oh, it's a new era of Royals baseball. Welcome to the city. And then now it's like, welcome to 10,000 people. Now they're doing like... $40 gets you in the stadium with the parking pass, with four hot dogs and four drinks. $40 will get you into the, into the stadium flat. That's a good-ass deal, my good boy. Night. Yeah. And they, you get to see they, Tucker Franklin, and you get a beer yeah. bat. You can go buy a beer bat. Yeah. yeah. But even by the, the eighth inning, you can do it one all the way up to the eighth <laughs> inning. Tucker will have seven or eight by then. We'll see we'll see how the how the uh, uh, seltzers are flowing that evening. But, uh, yeah, it's it's they're doing everything they can um, to get people out there. And I, I respect it, but I also respect the people that just be like, nah, nah, just show me something. Show me. Yes. Um, on the term of respect, um, we're going to pay some respect to the minor league people in the Royals organization to round out the podcast. Um, I think it starts and ends with Nick Lofton. Right, and I mentioned before, we usually bring separate people um, to this, ironically, or I guess unironically, our lists look pretty similar. And I start off with Nick Lofton, too. He's heating up, um, I believe, at the beginning of the year. Like, the process was good, and some of the numbers were a little bit wonky, and people were like, okay, well, you know, Nick Lofton needs a little bit bigger of a sample size, and then he's getting a little bit bigger of a sample size, and the numbers yep. are looking getting damn good. Going up. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I need to I need to shout out my brother for this, but I think I'm going to start calling him Thick Lofton for all. Okay. Yeah, the muscle he put on. I think he's now Thick Lofton into Josh Kaiser brain, uh, but he is absolutely massive this season. He's 9.54 OPS, still just a 4.3 walk rate and an 8.7 K rate. So we might see a little bit of like a Alcides Escobar approach, 
just he, there's never a bad ambushing so. no matter what yep. yeah go after it and there's only a 12 and percent line drive rate which is pretty low uh for that relative success but guess where he's playing jordan every day he's playing in omaha what what third is, base third, third base can you think of a particular player on the royals roster that's not necessarily in the fans best graces right now that uh might play that position I think uh, Hunter Dozier. Per- yeah, that's it. Um, and then Joel's guy um, that is not playing third base. Yep. So I think there's a decent chance that we could see uh, Thick Lofton uh, before we would see Michael Garcia, which Michael Garcia also having a great season too. So um, the the fact that Thick Lofton has gotten off to such a great start uh, and there's a position of need that uh, that could open up at least some opportunities here in the foreseeable future, then we could see him in the Royals uniform very soon. A guy that we have seen in a Royals uniform, and then he left, and then he is back, folks. Jorge Bonifacio is back in this Royals farm system. He's down in AA uh, in Northwest Arkansas, and he is off to a hot start as well. There's no organizational, I can't, I mean, I don't think this is going to have any impact on that major league roster, but it is fun. It is a good story that Jorge Bonifacio is back in this uh, uh, back in this organization and currently rocking a fourteen forty seven OPS, and that is just that's just fun to talk about. So, Jorge Bonifacio, welcome back. Good to see you back in the Oregon doing well. Yeah, Josh, I'm gonna let you run through it, and then I'm gonna end with um, a little Frankie Mozzarella talk, Frank Moscato. Okay. We had uh, three pitcher performances outside of Mazzucato's start tonight that I wanted to hit real quick. Very similar lines between Noah Cameron and Luinder Avila uh, in Quad Cities, high A uh, in Quad Cities, uh, River Bandits. But Noah Cameron went five innings, no earn, two hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts. Very similar to Avila's 4.1 innings pitched out of the bullpen, came in a relief on, uh, on Friday night in a 4-4 tie that he ended up actually getting the win for. Uh, but a four and a third innings pitched, zero earned, two hits, one walk, and also eight strikeouts. And then David Sandlin down in uh, single-A Columbia, the Fireflies, he had a start five innings pitched, one earned, two hits, one walk, and nine strikeouts. He's off to a really hot start there. David Sandlin's another name to kind of keep an eye on. All three of those guys are pretty old for their levels, Yeah, um, and they actually had success at those levels last year, so we could see them getting that uh, promotion to uh, their respective clubs very uh, very soon if they keep this up. So three big uh, three spotlights there on the pitching outside of Mazzucato, which you are going to wax poetically about his monster start tonight. Man, this is from Alex at Royals Farm Report. His at on Twitter is at Royals Farm. Um, he just has the notes ready. He had the whole list. So six innings pitched on Tuesday night, three hits, three walks, 13 strikeouts a pretty big number you know anytime you get to double digits that's pretty damn good 13's insane no runs allowed um 67.1 percent 57 of his 85 pitches were four strikes he was dominant um he he just looked good from i obviously didn't get to watch it so you know take that as you wish i'm not going to claim to be the one that broke down every pitch he threw but um the results this is one of those rare situations and baseball is more of it than I think basketball and football um, mm-hmm. where you can look at the box score numbers and be like, 
he had a, a damn good game. Like the the thirteen strikeouts doesn't lie. The no runs allowed doesn't lie. He only gave up three hits. Like this is a guy where people were worried about giving up a little bit too many walks. They're worried about his control a little bit. The command can he be consistent? Is this stuff truly good enough to get past guys? He had it all going and three walks a little bit too much in, in six innings pitch. But when you can do all that and strike out thirteen guys on eighty five pitches and get through six innings. Um, the Royals will take that every day of the week, twice on Sunday, mm. and then probably get on Monday. And he, this is his second straight start that's been pretty solid. Also pitched last Tuesday uh, where he went five innings with one hit, three walks on that one as well, no earned, and seven strikeouts. So on the whole, he has not given up an earned run in two starts, 11 innings pitched. Uh, K-rate's pretty, pretty solid. So. I was kind of surprised they sent him back to Columbia, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I thought too. that there towards the end of the season, he kind of showed enough to at least get a sniff at Quad Cities. But if we start seeing, you know, the Cameron and the Avila promotion, I think there's a decent chance that Mazzucato's following the fill in their place there in Quad Cities. So a lot of fun there in Quad Cities. That that lineup is a lot of fun. A lot of the big uh, big names for that Royals process, prospects are in Quad Cities. That stadium's awesome. Davenport, Iowa yeah. is an awesome place to go. Got to check it out last year. So if you're uh, thinking about heading up there, I'd highly, highly recommend the Quad Cities, uh, both pure for the roster, but also the experience of the, the stadium. So good to see you from Mazzucato. Yeah, hard work at a good facility that I'd highly recommend. How about that transition? Kansas yeah, City strength it. and conditioning. Um, I totally forgot. This is why we leave it up to Joel. I totally forgot mm-hmm. to mention um, our good friends in Kansas City strength and conditioning, KCSC Works. Check them out. Um, they will help baseball, softball, many different age groups you can check out, um, get some work done. The Royals have had guys go up there and do some work with them and just fine-tune some things and make sure that they're in tip-top shape to perform. Um, maybe I need to get out there and take my ass to KCSC so I could be in tip-top shape to perform. I'm not an athlete, um, but I, I could be fun. And with that, Josh Kaiser, you made it through the gauntlet without Joel, which is a feat. In and of itself, um, I know that I'm not the host. Joel is, but do you have anything before we get out of here? No, I think uh, I think Joel is a, a great asset to the show. I do appreciate your effort. It was very, uh, very good, s- smooth, professional showing uh, from your part, and I was just happy to be along. So, Joel, shout out to you, man. We'll see you very soon, and uh, that's all I got. Go Royals. Uh, hopefully it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very... Uh... Uh, emphatic ending and a very confident ending from Josh. But we have a bit of good news before we get out of here. Um, We do have a Twitter account now. Um, Some of you may remember I had inside the Royals back when I was running that SI site. That has been rebranded, damn it. And it is back, baby. It is now One Royal Way. You can follow us at One Royal Way KCSN. I'm 99.9% sure that's the at. Um, We're going to be using it as an outlet to shamelessly retweet our own stuff, to tweet from the account, to tweet podcast episodes. I probably should have changed the order on that. Nah. Um, but I, I'm very excited um, interact with you guys, first and foremost, and, and most importantly, I think, to push the conversation forward about the baseball team you're all so passionate about. So be sure to hit us with a follow there. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube. Drop a comment if you liked something. If you If you didn't like something, keep it to yourself. Uh, just joking. You, you can comment that too. Apple, Spotify, um, Google Play, if that's your thing, Anchor, Stitcher, Podbean, 
um, I'm running out of options here. So drop reviews, drop likes, drop subscribes. We are extremely grateful for you tuning in. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.